You're listening to Innovation in Education, the Pulaski Academy podcast where we share stories of how PA is inspiring students to explore, create, contribute, and achieve. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Ledbetter and Matt Pulley. how PA inspires our students to explore and create, contribute, and achieve. And tonight, I am fortunate to have Tiffany Knight, our director of PA's Early Childhood School, our program for our two-and-a-half-year-olds, which we call the Cubs Program, through kindergarten. This is a program that many years ago that my son and my daughter went through, and now I'm especially proud not only because of the advancements that the program's made over all these years, but now I have my grand twins in the program. My grandson and my granddaughter are now in the three-year-old program. So, Tiffany, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Greg. We've been fortunate. Tiffany has led our early childhood school for the past eight years. Uh, She has taught the fourth and fifth grade. She's also led our community outreach program and uh, Tiffany comes to us with a Bachelor of Science in Education and a Master's in the Art of Teaching, or art in, Arts in Teaching. So uh, we're, we're lucky to have her here. And I want to say this, it, I have traveled all over the Midwest and, and the East Coast evaluating schools for accreditation purposes. And I can honestly say PA's Early Childhood School is one of the top programs in early childhood education in the U.S., and that is because of Tiffany and her leadership and the leadership of Noel Brewster, who is the ed, uh, head of our early childhood and lower school. Tiffany, let me start out by just asking sort of a broad question and what makes our early childhood school so special? Because well, it is a special place. Well, how long do you have, Greg? This <laughs> might take a while. It is a special place. We, we like to say down here that it's full of magic and that's with students from two and a half year old through kindergarten that are in the early childhood school. And one of the reasons we think it's so magical is we follow what's called the Reggio Emilia approach, which yes. makes our, our area pretty unique. Um, this is a child-centered approach. And so in our building, when you come in, you'll see lots of documentation with the children's faces up. What they love most is themselves, of course, at this age. So getting to see themselves and talk about themselves is such a highlight. And whether it's a self-portrait they've created or whether it's pictures that we take of them with words that they've shared, we feel like that's something that's very important. And then in addition to that, we have lots of hands-on learning. So Mm. that creates learning that's fun for the students. So they really don't even know that they're learning, which is great and which is key. That's awesome, you know, and that's, I think that's what I see too, is just the way that you and your staff make learning so much fun, and that's the key in in the start of the educational journey, right? It most definitely is. Yeah, we are one of the few um, uh, programs in the state to include Reggio Emilia in in that, and, but we also have some other aspects of our program, so you might want to talk a little bit about that as well. Yes, Ms. Brewster and I like to say that we Bruinize it a little bit. Um, that means we include standards. We're a standard-based program for our two-and-a-half through kindergarten students. Um, they do a lot of learning through play, which is very important at this age. We also have many small groups within the classroom, so the teachers are able to work individually with students. In addition to that, we do whole groups too. 
um, so that they're able to, to feed and play off of other students in the classroom. We also in our curriculum have enrichment classes. So those enrichment classes include library, art, music, PE, Spanish, and STEAM. Wow. And if you don't know what STEAM is, that's science, technology, engineering, art, and music. That is awesome. So they're move, they're they're able to experiment and, and explore outside of the classroom, outside of the curriculum in those areas, yeah. obviously. Well, talk a little bit about our curriculum. I mean, I know there's a we we have a very uh, strong and appropriate focus on our language arts and our math. So you might talk a little bit about that. We do. Our students actually begin journaling at a young age, and we call journaling, um, whether it's drawing a picture, writing letters here and there at the age of three, but then that's very much expanded by the time they're four and in kindergarten. So we're in kindergarten, you'll see that they're writing a beginning, a middle, and an end um, to their writings, and also including a picture with that. And then the reading, of course, we love to talk about reading down here. Our students really glow when they get to read a book and share the knowledge that they've had. That's one of my favorite things is when a student will come into my office just beaming and be able to share a book with me at the kindergarten level. You know, it's we were doing an open house for lower school just recently, and we visited with Miss Keller, one of our fourth grade teachers. And what's so interesting about what you just said is that she actually worked with a student talking about the beginning, the middle, and the end of a writing project uh, that they were working on. And uh, it was just real interesting how we are so well connected, I think, at every grade level. And we use a program or a process, it's called vertical teaming. So can you tell us, I know you, you meet with your teachers a lot, there's a lot of intentionality that's going on in, in what you're doing. So can you talk about how that's how those meetings and that organization works in sort of a linear fashion that we call the vertical team yes, process. Yes, of course. We meet with each grade level three times a week um, just as a teaching team because it's really important for us that each of the classrooms on grade level work together and are doing the same things in their classroom. But in addition to that, we also meet from our two and a half year olds up through 12th grade just to make sure that our curriculum is flowing and it is designed in a nature that's effective for all of the students on all grade levels. And we do that uh, a couple of times throughout the year. And the teachers are just meeting regularly and just even sort of, I mean, I see them meeting regularly just while they're eating lunch. And so everybody's really communicating, a lot of strong communication. Yeah, we do. And then also on the same note of communications, we communicate with our families on a weekly basis. Mm. So each week, a classroom teacher will send out an email to the family so they'll know what's being discussed in class so that if they also want to carry it over at home, that they're welcome to do that. Now, we do, I, I, the other program that you have brought in that you've done a really good job in is our ruler program. And, um, can you, and we've talked about that before, so can you share with what that kind of, me, what that means at this age, you know, two and a half year olds through kindergartens, I mean, are they really in touch with their feelings? Of course they are. <laughs> they have more feelings than anyone, most definitely. Yes, I was so fortunate to get to go on a trip with um, others in our school to talk about the ruler program at Yale. And the students in the ECS truly embrace this. They, of course, have many emotions throughout the day. So what we're trying to teach them is to regulate those emotions. And if they feel that they're upset about something, whether it's a friend that takes a toy or that they don't get their way, that they can learn to regulate that themselves. And so we hmm. have what's called a magical moment spot or a cool down place <laughs> where they're able to go 
Um, it might be that they read a book, there's a stuffed animal there, but they can just sit and kind of give themselves a little bit of a minute. Sure. And we found that some of these students have even created these spaces at home yes. and are carrying over, which is kind of fun. That is so awesome. Uh, one last thing, you know, community involvement, parent involvement. Um, I say last thing because I do have another question we'll try to squeeze in, but just kind of talk a little bit about how important that is and how you facilitate that. Yes, um, it's really important with the Reggio that we have parent involvement. That's a component of the Reggio approach. And so this year it's a little bit different because we aren't able to have families in our building. So what we have done is we have provided, whether it's a secret reader, um, some of our families have actually toured their place of employment mm. for us. We've been able to Zoom with them or Google Meet with them oh, wow. and bring them into our classroom. So that's been a real delight and an added bonus so that the students get really excited if it's their family member that's coming on and then they get to share with us in the classroom. You mentioned uh, just sort of some changes that's had to be made. We were certainly in the current operating environment. You've had to make some pivot and make some changes. Um, and, and you've done such a great job at that. But some of the things that maybe you have done to try to accommodate that and facilitate just the, the, the fact that parents can't be on campus and in the, in, in the building anymore. Right, so beginning of the year, I think one of my largest worries was just thinking about being an early childhood family member and not being able to come into the building and to walk your student in on the first day. So we made some adjustments of that to where we allowed families to come in small groups at a time, of course, um, and then throughout that, we make sure that we communicate home with the family so they don't feel like there is a void. So they're often looking at pictures, this, this documentation we talked about, we photograph that, and we send that to the family so that they're able to see it since they're unable to be in our buildings. That is so good. Well, Tiffany, I wish we had more time, but that is uh, all that we have for this portion of the show. So. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come out. Uh, I, I would invite everybody to go to uh, our VAC site, which is uh, our virtual admission center, where you can see more of some of the activity that's going on in the Early Childhood Center. But if anything else, just come to our website, PulaskiAcademy.org, and you'll see our chat box there, and we'll chat with you as, uh, right away. But uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing uh, this time with us and, and sharing more about the, our early childhood school. Thank you for having me. All right, well, let's uh, let's go back and enjoy the game, and thank you so much uh, for joining us on the April Halftime Show. You've been listening to Innovation in Education, the Pulaski Academy podcast, where we share stories of how PA is inspiring students to explore, create, contribute, and achieve with your hosts, Greg Ledbetter and Matt Bullock.